not just for being a realtor, but they have to earn their spot by ranking in the top 500 of the local realtors in the defined territory. Welcome to the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of the local real estate market. Join us as we chat with industry experts, uncovering tips, trends, and strategies to help you navigate Maryland's real estate landscape. Get ready to elevate your real estate game. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Healy. Today, we have Colleen Rippey with Baltimore Real Producers with us. Yay! <laughs> Girl, I've been trying to nail you down for a minute to get you on here. I'm I so know. grateful that you have uh, the time to come on here and be interviewed. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you're welcome. I love this kind of stuff. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. So if there are two people out there that may not know you, I'm, I'm going to say that that very low. <laughs> But if there are a couple that are out there and that don't know you and about Baltimore Real Producers, could you give us a little intro about you and Baltimore Real Producers? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yes, I run Baltimore Real Producers, also now recently Coastal Real Producers, which is our second franchise. Um, either in either case, it's it's all the same. Really, our mission in in being in business is to connect, elevate, and inspire the best in local real estate, wherever that may be. And we do that essentially through three main vehicles being our monthly magazine in both print and digital format that comes out to the top producing real estate community and our partners. And then we also host awesome events, um, fun social events, and more educational events for the local community to bring people belly to belly to build relationships and learn and grow. And then finally, in our online platform, our Facebook group and social media to allow the community to come alive there. So again, just really a platform to bring the best together to win. I absolutely love that. So um, one of the things that I liked most about your uh, Facebook, your social media page is the amount of interaction that you get from realtors of from all different platforms. It's not just um, an agent promoting their brokerage or an agent saying, come to my brokerage. You have to work with my brokerage without giving any data. It, it's like real deep advice. It's really, it's, it's agents that actually care about other agents and about answering questions and helping out. And have you ever seen X and have you done Y and, I'm having somebody do this. Is this accurate? And I just love the interaction on that platform. Could you speak to that for a moment so that people who may not recognize just how beneficial um, having a platform like that, being a part of something like this and having that platform available to them is? Yeah. And, you know, I I can give some credit to real producers for, I think, escalating a culture that was already brewing. Um, to not take full credit, I think there has been kind of a transformation in this industry. And, you know, I've only been around for, you know, maybe a decade or so. Um, but like, you know, over generations, if you look at his, you know, historically, the industry used to be very fragmented and in some ways still is, you know, it's like things take a long time. People take a long time to change, but, you know, people were kind of just like doing their own thing, staying in their own lanes. And, you know, over time, I've seen a lot of collaboration 
come about. And again, real producers had a strong hand in that, I think, nationally in all the places that we exist, because it's it can be as simple as just creating a space for people to come together um, and share and just kind of facilitating and choreographing that has really blossomed into, like you're speaking to in the Facebook group, a place for people to help each other and share with one another and not the old school cutthroat model of keeping all your secrets close to your chest. I think it's, it's the shift from scarcity to abundance. Um, and what that speaks to one of our, we only recently, I'm embarrassed to say, kind of crafted in writing our core values as a company. Um, it's always something you feel like lived inside you, but you know, until you actually write it out, we're following this EOS model based on the book traction. Um, and one of them is we champion collaboration, creative problem solving and positive competition, which is kind of what we believe the Baltimore and now coastal real producers community is all about. And I love to see the realtors championing that. Um, also, we love to see our partners championing that because you can speak to that from being a partner. Mm-hmm. I love to see lenders, you know, who previously you know, they can still be competitors, but it's positive competition. It's friendly competition. You can compete with one another, but also recognize that you each have wisdom that you can share and you each have value and there's plenty of business to go around. That's the abundance part. And so you can help each other and everyone can win. It's not an either or kind of equation. Exactly. That It's so fair because, you know, most lenders in on our, I can speak on our um, side, you know, we all have 95, maybe 98% of the same programs, but they, there is that little portion that we don't have the same programs as others. So knowing that somebody has a program and just saying, you know what, I don't do this really, uh, we don't do this well, we have the program, but if you go with that company, they can do it and they have no mortgage insurance and no mortgage insurance on a million dollar home. That's pretty significant. Uh, let me get you in contact with this person. A lot of people don't have that abund- that mindset because uh, it comes from abundance and they're just trying to, uh, let me just jam this square peg into a round hole rather than being open with it. But I think you do so much better in community and gosh, at the end of the day that you can sleep well because, you know, you don't have to get everyone, even in this crazy market that we're in right now. Um, you said something that I wasn't sure. Well, you said EOS model. Could you speak more about that? Yeah, it's called, and some people who may listen to this or watch this may have heard before, and I highly recommend reading the book Traction just to give a background, but it stands for Entrepreneur Operating System. And it's kind of based on the notion, I can definitely attest to this being a in business, a you know pseudo business owner, even from my career before this, which was selling Cutco. Now, granted, in both situations with Cutco and real producers, There's sort of a parent company involved behind the scenes that really helps with a lot of things. So I'm not like completely on my own, but more or less like owning a franchise, it's still your own business. And we have the autonomy to run the business the way that we want. And the challenge that most business owners find is there's really no, especially when you're starting it yourself, there's really no system or structure to map out best practices around how to build um, systems and and each process for each part of the business um, and have some sort of like schedule for how you stay on top of all of that and like goal setting and casting a vision and all of these like 
from the big picture thinking of like, where are we going all the way down to reverse engineering those goals into your daily practices that map out to those long-term goals, like the, the, how, the, how to accomplish all of that. And how do like, what do we do? (laughs) So I know that I struggled with that my whole career and I have to give credit to our parent company N2 that has really um, decided to pick out and they only work with, I think the top 20 in the company right now. Um, So people who have the top 20 franchises nationwide and they're setting up coaching with each of us. So I've been meeting with someone once a week for the last, it's a six month long kind of coaching program and to map out like, the core values I talked about a second ago, like, let's write that out. Let's think about our long-term vision, where we want to be. What's our 10-year target? What's our three-year picture? What's our one-year goal? And then mapping it all the way down to like, what are your quarterly rocks? And then how do you get there? And then getting the team enrolled in it, having regular meetings with the team. What are the agenda of those meetings? So it's really just figuring out what's most important in the business for the business and then moving towards that. Instead of just being in the rat race that so many of us are forever scrambling in chaos and just mm-hmm. trying to keep all the balls in the air. Um, because eventually, you know, you just you cap out, you can't continue to scale and grow if you don't leverage people and processes. <laughs> and that's yeah. really at the core of where my growing pains are. And so this couldn't have come at a better time. But um, yeah, highly recommend it because it's not. It's not something specific to my company. It's right. It's something that someone created outside. And now we're just, they incorporated it at a national level and to our parent company for all their products. And now they're trying to help teach us because we have businesses inside of their macro right. business that we can implement the same tools. So that's, so that's a little synopsis. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And how are you doing with it? It's It's going really well. We actually just this week had, So it's been me and Jill this whole time, kind of casting the vision, setting the goals and talking through what are the issues that we see. And this, this past week was the first time that we had the whole team on a call Mm -hmm. um, to bring them up to speed as to what we figured out so far and mapped out. And that was really exciting because they got to like, we worked really hard to figure out our core values and have them match, you know, who we are and all of those goals and all those things. Um, And now it's about what's next. How do we enroll them? And and what what tasks and projects do they own that will bring us closer to those long-term visions? And so now it's like implementing it as a team and just really infusing it into our habits and our practices to constantly have this frame of mind. Because again, if you lose sight of the big picture of where you're going, you're just running in circles. So that it's been going really well and I'm just excited to continue. We've kind of done the big picture stuff and now it's down to the actual implementation, which is, you know, the actual hard part. Oh yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if uh, we were talking before about uh, the people that may not know Baltimore and or coastal real producers, and you told them about the three things that you guys do to grow and to help agents with their business. And I'm wondering when you're speaking to the agents and you're having these events, what kind of things are agents sharing with you? Are they sharing the the crux of their business with you? Are they sharing mostly the marketing that they're doing? Um, Because I know they do advertising with you as well. So are they focusing their attention on the advertising? Um, Or is that just a portion of it? I'm just wondering 
in the grand scheme of things when if somebody's on here and they've never heard of you and say, oh, I might be interested in Baltimore Real Producers. How do I know? Because I know you also have a, not to ask you too many questions at one time, but I'm thinking about it. But I also know that you can't just call up and say, hey, I would like to be a part of Baltimore Real Producers. So I'd like you to take an opportunity to talk to the listeners about that. Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. I appreciate that as well. Um, So, okay. So there's kind of like, just to try to break down like, who we serve and mm-hmm. who our ideal kind of clients are um, and who we really focus on. Like, and this is also something we talked about in yes, um, who is our target market? And it's local businesses that support realtors and their clients. Those are the businesses that initially just in as short words as possible, local businesses that support realtors and their clients would be a good potential fit. We actually don't have realtors themselves advertised with us in any way. Um, the realtors benefit from our community simply because it it is built for them in a sense that all of those things that we talked about, the magazine, the events, the Facebook group, they get to be a part of it, not just for being a realtor, but they have to earn their spot by ranking in the top 500 of the local realtors in the defined territory. So for Baltimore, it's Central Maryland, which is Baltimore, and then the five surrounding counties around it. So top 500 in those counties. And then for Coastal, it's Sussex County, Wacomico, and Worcester, Maryland, um, kind of a blend of Delaware and Maryland. So it's the top 300 out there. It's a little bit of a smaller market. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we really focus on the top agents. So if, if a realtor is watching this and they're like, oh, I want to get involved in Baltimore or Coastal Real Producers, it's not like, oh, sorry, you got to sell more. That partially true just because parts of our program are only available when you hit that crux, but that also can serve as a great motivator because we want, we don't want to be for everyone because there's other organizations, there's associations, there's, there's things that are more for, for general public or realtors. Um, the goal of real producers to differentiate us was this is an elite platform that's really just built for the top producers. And we define that in those markets as top 500 or top 300. But if you're an agent that is that hasn't quite earned your spot there, um, you also you can, of course, have access to the magazine, not the print copy, but the digital copy. Um, and you can just visit our site and look at the most recent copies, BaltimoreRealProducers.com or CoastalRealProducers.com. We always have the most recent copies up there. So you can still have access to the content. You can also reach out to our team, um, me or someone on our team and you can contact through the site or you can um, email me personally at Colleen at rpmags.com. Um, and of course, like if, if possible, like there's certain situations or events that aren't just private to the top 500. And then we do add you to our CRM so we can keep you up to date because we're not, we're not so exclusive that we're unapproachable for agents who aren't quite at that level, mm-hmm. but you know, to be on our list, to get a print copy and to be invited to all of our events and add to the Facebook group, you do have to be in the top 500 as an agent. Now, agents aside, if you're watching this and potentially you are a local business that supports realtors and their clients, such as a lender or a title company or home inspector, stager, mover, insurance, there's a ton of plethora of categories. Um, It's a good fit if the people I just described, those agents are who you want to reach. (laughs) That's really the bottom line. Um, and, and that would make it a good fit if you want to work with 
and build relationships with and have access to the top agents in the market. And you'd be able to connect with them through those three primary ways, magazine, the events, and in our private group, and be able to build relationships with them. Um, and some kind of speaking to like your question about like, you know, the market and, and how things are going right now. Um, obviously it's a unique time for me in this role too, because previous to this, things have been like, I mean, I, they weren't always like great. They were fine. Right. I mean, we just launched in 2017 It's like now all of a sudden this market is like in a massive shift. Um, what's interesting though, because I did prepare for call it a mass exodus, right? I was prepared <laughs> for not that you're ever really prepared, but in my mind, I was like, all right, I have to mentally prepare to get a lot of people, have a lot of people reaching out, inquiring about cancellation or non-renewals and so on. Um, and it's not like we didn't get any of that because definitely I would say it would be an uptick from the average that I've seen, but not quite at the level that, that I expected. Mm -hmm. And my suspicion is probably because, and I'm glad because this is the message that I preach. Um, some people, when things get tight and this isn't a critique, this is just consumer psychology. Um, you know, they, they get scared. And when people are scared, they, they pull back on everything, right? They're like, I got to cut everything because I might be homeless tomorrow. You know, it's like, right. Definitely the fear-based mindset, which I'm guilty of sometimes too, right? You can go to doomsday really quickly, just of on course. a bad day. Right. Of course. And, and, the, and we probably had some of those people, they didn't say that, but you can sense their energy that might've been in that space. Um, and there are others that, and this is why we actually continue to bring on new clients. We actually just had our best month this year in October. Oh. Um, now, like that's also offsetting some losses, right? Because like you go down a little and you, you, you get, get some new partners and they kind of offset each other. But in terms of new business, that was our best month um, all year so far. And I think we're still able to bring on partners, even in a market like this, when you would think nobody's spending any money right now, right? Because this is, and again, some people see it this way, and this is what I try to convey in my messaging that there's no better time. It's not like a salesy pitch. Like there's really no better time. If obviously you're still like, if you're not underwater as a company and you still have funds to spend, you can't do everything right now. But if you're going to do one thing, and if this is the audience you want to reach, whoever your audience is, if you know, find the audience you want to be in front of, find your niche, that's where you want to be. That's where you want to invest during a time like this, because so many others in that same space are pulling back. And so doubling down really allows you to take advantage of the lower mm -hmm. industry noise. And then you get a larger share of voice, which then leads to higher market share, especially when things turn, which they will. And then you have been consistent and stable through the downtimes. People notice that and people remember that. And people think of your company as being naturally more credible and trustworthy and stable. If right. you're not here today, gone tomorrow, oh, I'm back. You know, it's like, you're here, you're a force, you're not going anywhere, you're good. Um, because so people look for consistency, people look for stability, and and they look at other people um, for that. So I think from an advertising perspective, um, there's a lot of people that recognize that it's, there's nearly no better time to be investing in something like this, mm -hmm. if in fact, the top producers are where you want to be, which I think for a lot of vendors in the industry, it should be because those are the ones who will stand the test of time amidst a large 
talk about exodus, a lot of realtors you've seen in the lending side, right? A lot of people are leaving the industry. Okay. So it, it's your time to shine, you know? Like if you can, well, I'm, when this podcast, I'm interviewing the top 5% of realtors in Maryland. Um, almost everybody I speak to is open to coming on. I've only had one man say that he's not going to sh- share his secrets with me. Um, I've never asked for secrets, by the way. It's just, <laughs> it's just Again, there's people that have the thought of abundance and there's people that don't. And yeah. that's okay. Um and everybody's different too, but the, the majority of the, the top 5% that I'm speaking to, um, I'm going to say 90% of them, it's not a, you know, I don't have the statistic right in my, in my, in front of me, but I'm going to say a solid 90% of them are doubling down now, as you said, mm-hmm. most people are doubling down, at least that those top 5% people yeah. in there, they, the ones I've spoken to, they're doubling down in their production, not in their production, in their marketing efforts, yes. in advertising efforts, in what they're doing to stay relevant, to stay on top of their past client, their databases, uh, to still continuously do marketing um, and not just say, well, it's it, the media says that it's really a tough market. I'm just not going to do anything until the market changes. They're finding little ways of doing different things uh, to try to just generate more um, buzz, if nothing else. It might not yeah. be a transaction, but if we're if we're doing nothing else, but and you could appreciate this, loading our pipeline mm-hmm. for when the market does change, just to make us ready to capture that individual, to capture uh, those buyers or sellers before they go to somebody else. Uh, that's exactly. what this is. And the same thing here is that we have your vendors that are coming here and they're looking to capitalize on meeting these realtors. We're getting into the, the if you will, slower time of the season, you know, uh, November, December ish um, is typically slower um, because there's not a huge um, homes on the market unless they really need to sell. So it mm-hmm. gives people the time to do their planning for 2024, create mm-hmm. their budget for 2024, meet with their partners and find out, okay, so if you're going to do budgeting or marketing, this is how much we're going to budget for. This is the time to do that. And your events are going to be perfectly aligned, whether they are the education events, when you bring in the speakers to teach. The one I remember going to one and it was teaching realtors how to save. Um, how to have um, look at their financials, how to look yeah. at their books and know where their money's going and to make sure that they're tracking it. Like you're bringing in some really great speakers and that's a really great time for a vendor partner such as myself to have one-on-one contact with these very, um, your top 500 realtors in the state of Maryland, in this area, Maryland or uh, in the Baltimore region um, mm-hmm. or if they're going to the coastal region. That's just phenomenal. I love that you do that. I I think that people will get that. At least those top people will. Yeah, that adage, um, it was like in a Forbes article recently because it was speaking to the market right now. It just reminded me, says, when times are good, you should advertise. When times are bad, you must advertise. (laughs) So it's like, there's really no better time than now. But of course, people are then met with that conundrum of like, okay, I must, but where's the money? <laughs> right. Like, so that also reminds people like, yeah, that when the t- times are good, you can't spend it all. Right. Yes. Because like that's short lived just as much as this is short lived. So times like these are also a good lesson or indicator of how you want to reframe how you act when things are rolling, because I know so many people won't name names, but you know, I could see based on their social media posts and 
buying boats and all sorts of things over the last few years when real estate was going crazy. Um, not say like anybody who bought a boat is, yeah, like I'm not (laughs) criticizing you in particular. It's just, let's just say that they had the whole lifestyle creep, right. Of their standard of living went way up. And, uh, because they, they took that earning as like the new standard. And now it's like, so now they're, they're tight. Um, so just, it's a good reminder to live below your means because everything will always fluctuate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now do you, when you deal with the realtors, um, or pardon me, and your, and your, um, the vendor partners for the realtors, do you have like a daily success plan that you focus on every day? Like you get up and you have X, Y, and Z things to do. Do you start the night before? Are you open to sharing? That is my first sure. question. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm glad you're asking now and not like a year ago because it would be a totally different answer. Cause really? some of this, some of this is very recent change, not to say it hasn't been an ongoing work in progress, my whole professional life, but I would say there's been exponential change, almost mirroring our exponential growth, um, uh-huh. which, you know, I can attribute to coastal and I can attribute a lot of that to the first kind of domino would be a good hire, which was our COO, Hannah, who came on in February. And I, I attributed her publicly on a Facebook post recently to allowing us to open that second market because without her in that seat, it's like about finding the right person, the right seat, um, which I can't say I, not that I've never done before, um, at all, but like, we've been so lean and mean, I'd say we still are in terms of our team. It's very small, but like, I've always, I'm a control freak, like probably a lot of the people you interview, um, being a top producer or successful doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at leverage and letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my biggest challenge that I'm consistently working to overcome and it's a work in progress. But the first, I guess, step in the right direction was having Hannah because she's someone who's unbelievably talented and um, capable of handling a lot of things that I previously held on to. Mm-hmm. And that leads to your question just simply because she in the seat that she was in allowed me to create some systems and practices around planning and execution that before kind of similar to EOS, um, I was just kind of winging it, you know, like I kind of had some systems around planning. Like I knew that if I didn't plan the next day, the night before the next day would be a lot less effective. Sure. doesn't mean I practiced it every time, but I at least was aware that it made a big difference in my day. Um, but now, in fact, immediately when we're done this call at 3 PM, I have a weekly planning meeting with Hannah that we will do come hell or high water, unless there's some emergency. And it is arguably the worst thing, the the last thing I want to do and that she wants to do on a Friday afternoon is meet for an hour and a half from three to four 30 planning our next week together. But we do it. We invest an hour and a half and we meet on other things throughout the week. So it's a chunk of time every Friday. And I talk about this just because it's been the biggest game changer for me is planning the next week on the Friday before the week starts. Because you could say, oh, I'll do it Sunday. Who wants to work on a Sunday? Like I want to relax on Sunday and I want to go into Monday knowing exactly what's going on. 
And I love going into the weekend and having the next week planned. Oh my God, it's a beautiful thing. Like there's no better feeling than after I'm finished that meeting, we go to Maggie's farm, which is one of my favorite restaurants down the street. Jill and I, that's our like thing. And we grab dinner and I can just take a big sigh because I'm like, my next week is fully planned. So all we do is we use Asana, which is like our workflow. People have different, you know, tools for that. You can use monday.com or Trello, any of those things. And we have all of our tasks, everything that's going on in all the buckets. And we just distill it down to what's most important that we need to accomplish next week. And then we, we go in, we figure out what we can do. And we actually put time blocks in the next week for when that's going to happen. And then we kick the other stuff to the following week um, or just look and see like when we can do it down the line, but we're mostly focused on the following week. And then that way we're always, and this goes to EOS because we've, we've identified what the big rocks are for the quarter and the big rocks for the quarter, you know, talking long, long term, all the way down to the quarter, then the quarter informs what happens, you know, that month and then that week. So it's like, thinking what really needs to happen to move those, move the needle on those things. Um, and then actually doing that meeting. And then of course you're not done. You, you know, when you get there Monday, things change, things need to be tweaked. That meeting cancels. So what do you do to replace it? So it's, it's an ongoing evolution as the week kind of unfolds, but that first domino of getting that planning meeting done, um, just talking about like success habits, it comes down for me because I've massive ADHD. If I wake up with any uncertainty as to what I'm going to do, and this happened this week because my oh. dog passed away oh, and I had uh, on last Saturday and Sorry. I've had a rough week. Like I've been you know, just grieving and like my head's been everywhere. Um, and so I have been way less effective than usual this week. And because we didn't meet last Friday because of the dog, mm-hmm the whole week was screwed. So it's like, sure. it's amazing what an important meeting this is. And then I never really caught up this week. So, you know, you have to make sure every day you're kind of like moving things around and replanning sort of as the week goes. But like, that's the biggest tip I can say for that. That has helped me is like, it starts with Hannah to allow us to do this, but then, you know, putting in the time and she holds me accountable because we're meeting to both plan our next week so that the week, you know, before the week even starts, so we yeah. can have the most productive week and we're focused on what's most important and we have our heads wrapped around everything. I love that. I love that. Well, if somebody's listening uh, to us and they are interested in finding out, I know throughout the day, uh, throughout the episode, you did give uh, some of the content information, but now at the end, could you give it to us on how to contact you and or the company? Yeah, sure. So you best time, best way to reach me, um, probably shoot me an email, um, Colleen at and then rpmags.com. So it's like realproducersmagazines.com, but it's just rpmags with an S.com. Um, and you also asked, oh, and just to find out more information about, you know, real producers, you know, you can check out our sites. Our sites are built for the top 500 agents, but you can still look at it. It's just like kind of the different pieces of it and links to, to do different things and like a little bit about who we are. Um, so that's BaltimoreRealProducers.com. And then we have also CoastalRealProducers.com. Thank you so much for coming on today, Colleen, and, and allowing us to interview you and uh, getting the information out about your team uh, to our listeners. I am so very grateful for you. 
Oh, I'm grateful for you for asking. Thank you. And thank you to anybody who decided to listen. Hopefully it was in any way valuable. Definitely. And I'm always going to ask the, the, the listeners two things. One, if you found this valuable, please send this to two of your realtor friends uh, that would benefit or maybe that you can introduce them to Baltimore Real Producers. And number two, please take the opportunity to leave us an honest review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Love Thank that. you. And until next time, have a good one. See ya. Thank you for joining the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast. We'd like to ask you two favors. Number one, forward this podcast to three of your favorite realtor friends. They'll thank you for it and I'll thank you for it too. Number two, we'd love reviews. It helps get the word out. 